Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Caleb Rutherford is joining us again this week. This is the second half of our discussion on worship. We uh, talked about worshiping in spirit and in truth and some other things last week on the podcast. And this week we're going to continue with those thoughts and we're going to talk about some principles that we can find from the Old Testament that will help us. And uh, we'll also talk about you know the difference between principles and particulars. And uh, we'll explain that in just a few moments. But again, thank you for tuning in to the episode this week and uh, continue to tune in as we talk about doctrine all season long on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Okay. All right, let's let's move on. Um, I want to go to some principles. So even though we can't go to the Old Testament for our authority, we can still learn some principles from the Old Testament. Sure. So there is a difference there, and maybe it's subtle, but it, there is a difference. You know, uh, Romans 15 verse 4 tells us that the things that were written before, talking about the Old Testament, mm-hmm. those things were written for our learning, right. that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So we can learn a lot of principles from the Old Testament. You know, the fact that God does not change in his ways, his principles. Mm-hmm. Some, t- some of the particulars from Old Testament to New Testament do change, and that's what we talked about when we talked about, you know, we're not doing animal sacrifices anymore. We're not doing the incense and the instrumental music, etc., because right. those were all particulars of the Old Testament. That said, there are some principles in the Old Testament that we want to take a look at now. And uh, the first one is in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 1 and following. Leviticus 10, verses 1 and following. This would be the sons of Aaron. Aaron was the first Levitical high priest, and his sons were supposed to you know, take the reins after him. But as they were performing some of their priestly duties, they ended up doing something that was unauthorized by God. Right. Well, again, that's a principle. Right. The principle is we have to do things by the authority of God. Sure. So here's what they do. Leviticus 10, verses 1 and following. Then Nadab and Abihu, that would be the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane or strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Unauthorized. And uh, Exodus 30, verse 9, explicitly said you were not to do that. Right. Okay. So uh, verse 2 says, so fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. God takes it very seriously when we uh, just kind of blatantly disregard, disrespect, ignore his commands. And when we're talking about something as serious as worship, we've got to make sure that we're spot on doing what he said. You know, know, Jesus said, in vain they, they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of Men, things that men had made up instead of what Jesus actually said. And, uh, you know, he's dealing with the Pharisees there, and they were actually, you know, teaching teaching traditions that they had made up. Mm -hmm. But regardless, the point is we have to have authority for what we do in religion from God's Word, specifically today since we're in the New Testament, from the New Testament. And... uh, that's why we said, you know, go back and study Hebrews, go back and study Galatians, Romans, right. uh, et cetera, and make sure you understand that. Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting when you talk about Nadab and Abihu. Um, obviously, the sons of Aaron, 
as, as was stated a moment ago. They knew the law, right? They knew how to worship. They knew what they were supposed to do. And in fact, when you get down to verse 11, uh, the Bible says that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them from the hand of Moses. So they knew it well enough to teach it too. Um, so I think that's just even more uh, to the to the point to where they knew exactly what they were supposed to do and they just blatantly didn't do it. It's just complete disrespect uh, for God and for his commands. And I think it's actually interesting, and I don't know, this is, I was talking about this in Bible class on Sunday when I was teaching, so this is that's kind of why I was thinking about it here. But, you know, you remember back in Exodus 32, um, with the uh, the golden calf at the at the bottom at the foot of the mountain uh, of Mount Sinai, um, and you remember who the one was that that made that golden calf? Well, it was Aaron, right? And then here you see his two sons um, doing essentially the exact same thing, and that the fact that they're they're worshiping God in the incorrect way, yeah. um, and which I guess in Exodus thirty two they weren't even attempting to worship God. Um, but I don't know if, if saying that it's kind of it kind of came full circle for him or not. But you notice how his attempt to worship God was not right, and then you get later on to his sons and their attempt to worship God was also not right. So that's just something I found interesting when I was studying this past week. Um, but it's but when you look at Nadab and Abihu, you know they knew what they were supposed to do. There's a blatant disrespect and ignorance is also. Of course, they weren't ignorant, but I think it's important to point out. Ignorance is not bliss when it comes to the commands of God. Just because you don't know it doesn't mean that when you get to the day of judgment, God's going to say, oh, you didn't know it? Oh, okay, no big deal. Then, you know, go on right. to heaven. That's not how it's going to work. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, Aaron, when uh, when that happened with the golden calf, he got impatient. <laughs> Moses wasn't down yet. Right. And, oh, no, what are we going to do? Okay, right. well, I guess I'll make a golden calf and you can worship well, and that. it's funny, too, when you read through Exodus 32, you don't hear, you don't read about any kind of like kickback from Aaron. The people approach Aaron and they say, hey, here's what we want. Can you do it? And it's basically it's like, yep, sure, why not? And, and maybe there was some kickback, but it's not recorded for us. Right. So it almost seems like he was just like, sure, why not? You know, so I don't I don't know where the disconnect was with Aaron. Um, they had, ju- and again, th- their short-term memory, right? They had just seen the power of God in the plagues. They had seen the power of God um, in... Uh, the, the cloud by day and the fire by night that led them. They saw the power of God in the Red Sea. They saw the power of God in the quail and the manna. Um, just time and time and time again, they'd seen the power of God. Um, but no, you know, it, it, it just didn't matter. To, I don't know. So well, that's just, and that's hard for me to comprehend. But I say it's hard for me to comprehend. And then I look around at our world and I see people who worship God however they want to as well. It's like, yeah, it's not or, really that much or multiple gods or what have yeah, you. Yeah. You know, you have to remember the Jews were coming out of Egypt. Right, and that's, you're exactly I'm sure right. a lot yeah. of that influence yeah. was there, that too. That point was brought up in our Bible class when we were talking yeah. about that. You know, that's that's where their mind was. Um, right. And, again, obviously not an excuse, but that's, you know, that's what they had been around. Yeah, we yeah. can see why it happened. Sure. But we also need to see, you know, uh, the problem of that right. and, and make the proper applications for ourselves as well. Yep. I don't know anybody that's ever walked around worshiping a golden calf, right. but I do know and have seen plenty of times where people are worshiping things like sports, again, yep. link in the description, <laughs> um, or other things, you know, money, etc. So we can't make idols uh, out of, you know, things and yep. worship them instead of God. Absolutely. So big principle there. Yep. Uh, sure. Not only in what we worship, but in how we worship, you know, mm-hmm. Nadab and Abihu, <laughs> they worshiped incorrectly right. and they paid the price for it. Yeah, so the that, consequences for that it. principle is big. 
Yep. And um, their consequences, just like that. Our consequences, not so much, but certainly they'll still be the exact, they'll be the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not in the sense that we're going to be killed by God on the spot, but in the sense of like the spiritual death. It, yeah. It'll yeah. happen. Right. Which is even worse. Right. Because it's eternal. So, yeah. Um, Let's go on to the next thing, and, you know, there's a concept of a holy con- convocation. I'm going to just rattle off some verses for people to go and study if they want to, but Exodus 12, verse 16, that's dealing with the uh, Passover situation. They were to, you know, have a holy convocation mm-hmm. on certain days uh, as part of the Passover. You can also see Leviticus 23, verse 3, verses 7 through 8, verses 21 through 24. You can see uh, Numbers 28, verse 18, verses 25 through 26. Uh, Numbers 29, verse 1, and verse 7, and verse 12. You know, this idea of a convocation. Uh, basically, a, you know, a coming together mm-hmm. for the purpose of this worshipful right. act. Right. Uh, well, we see that principle, of course, today mm-hmm. as well. We are, you know, as the church, we are to come together. When right. do we do it? Well, we do it at least on the first, first day of the week. Of the week. That is a command for us to gather together on the first day of the week. You know, when we assemble, we're commanded not to forsake the assembling, Hebrews 10, verse 25. So that's kind of the same idea of this, you know, a convocation or uh, an assembly. You got any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, let me just say this. I think that it's important to understand this, too, that we are commanded to gather on the first day of the week. And there are no, I guess, specific instructions beyond that, right, other than how we're supposed to do it. You know, what our worship is supposed to look like. Um, There's no this Bible class at 930, worship at 1030, you know, worship at 5 o'clock. Do do y'all meet at 5 or 6? 6 o'clock. Okay, so you got to do it the unscriptural way. But (laughs) see, like we joke like that, right? Right. But there really is no scriptural command to do it at 5 either or to have a second service at all. Um, And so I think sometimes people get all... Uh, in an uproar when, you know, some congregations, I was talking to somebody who, who used to live out in Arizona, and none of the congregations out there met twice. They only met once, you know. And people look at that and they think, wow, how unholy, right, how how unchristian these people are. Um, but in a very real sense, if we're meeting on the first day of the week and we're carrying out the commands and and participating in the five acts of worship, um, we've done what we're supposed to do. Now, it's not to say that, you know, there's not there's anything wrong with meeting twice because that's just a second opportunity to you know to worship and it's an opportunity to gather and to fellowship and to learn um, and when you have elders who have commanded that to take place um, then you are you are then under the obligation to do that because yeah. of the because of the authority that they have that's been given to them by God but I think we need to be very careful in looking at other congregations and thinking okay you know you're you're only meeting one time you know you need to um, you know, check yourselves and you know, cause you guys aren't being faithful Christians or whatever. I think it's just, you know, I think we need to have a little bit of an attitude check because that's not tradition, right? In our traditions, that's just what we do. We have Bible class we meet twice. Um, and then, and then that's it. Um, so we just, uh, we, sometimes we get too wrapped up in our traditions, I guess. Um, and we kind of, and, and we, I guess we, we create lines where there are no lines, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's freedom. Um, within or with regard to um, the expedient matters. Mm -hmm. The command is you must assemble on the first day of the week. Uh, The expedient is, okay, uh, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it a second time, Mm -hmm. you know, so that we can learn even more. Uh, You know, another expedient thing is on, you know, we're going to have a midweek study because that's another opportunity for us to be together and study. Um, Somebody says, well, it has to be on Wednesday. 
Well, <laughs> somebody else says, well, we do ours on Thursday. Or Tuesday. Yeah, that's okay. That's expedient matters. Yep. Uh, but if your congregation does meet during a midweek study, which most do, you have an obligation, uh, you have an obligation to subordinate yourself to your elders, mm-hmm. to sub- submit to your elders, yeah. and, and be there. Support it. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you get questions about that, and, and uh, you know, I try to bring in Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to be there? Right. It, it never, right. You know, people always want to ask from this perspective: Do I have to be there mm. for uh, the midweek study? <laughs> well, y- if your elders are saying that you're going to meet, you you right. need to be there. You, sh- that, you have to be there. But why would you even ask that? You right. should want to be there. It's such a boggling attitude to me because when you think of okay, and I've always said this too: or people who say, you know, well. The preacher preached past 30 minutes. Oh, boy. You know, I'm missing right. my lunch, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, you know, I, like, I guess my question is, what do you think heaven's going to be like? You know what I'm saying? Like, but in all seriousness. I'm going fishing. I don't yeah, know about, no. Like, I'm going to skip out on this singing and go. Like, it doesn't. No, that's not how it works. Right. Um, so if you don't want to spend that time with your brethren in worship to God, what makes you think you're going to enjoy heaven? Yeah. You know, and I mean that in all seriousness, because that's what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be you. And, and, I, and I say that. I say that in, in in the thought of we don't really know what heaven is going to be like in the sense of you don't know what right, it right. look like. You, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, we're um, going to be serving and worshiping God. Right, yeah. right. But, the, yeah, exactly. Our focus is going to be on God right. and, and glorying and, and worshiping him. Um, and if you can't do that, you know, three times, three hours out of your week, um, then, you know, maybe maybe you need to do a little uh, self-analyzing and look within your your, hey, go back attitude. and listen to that Transform yeah. podcast we yep. did. Yep. Man, don't even get me started. I, <laughs> I uh, opened up a can of worms here. Uh, I, this this mindset and this attitude that some Christians have. You know, I preached a sermon recently dealing with, uh, you know, would we go to prison for Christ? Would yeah. we Would we die for Christ? Yeah. Some of us won't even talk about Christ. Yeah. Won't even have a Bible study with somebody. And, you know, Jesus promised that he will be with us, Matthew 28, verse 20. He said, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, amen. And yet we want him with us, but we won't even talk about him. Right. We won't even evangelize the, the two verses before that, Matthew 28, verses uh, 18 and 19, leading up to the fact that he will be with us. Right. So it just frustrates me how we can be so sidetracked and and you know, involved in the cares of the world. And parable of the sower, what's the thorns? It's the cares of Mm -hmm. the world, and it chokes out Christians, and we become unfruitful. We've got to guard ourselves against that. I know I'm talking about kind of a uh, rabbit trail of evangelism, uh, but all of it, whether we're talking about evangelism or worship, uh, study of God's Word, all of it comes back to a heart problem uh, if we're not doing those things. And... uh, if we are doing those things, then it should be because our heart, you know, is in the right place, right? And we're wanting to serve God because we we love Him mm-hmm. and and we want to do the things that He asked us to do and, and be pleasing to Him. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's all about you know your mindset, all about your attitude. Am I doing what I'm what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, and it's yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's 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 one of those things. I guess as someone who you know you see the good, you see the bad, you see the ugly kind of, you know, in, in ministry. And some of that stuff is, is really frustrating. Um, 
you know, and in and coming to it. But but then, I, but I, you know, the majority of your of your Christians are, are are doing their best, trying to do the right thing. They're there for the right reasons, right? And that's that's what's encouraged. That is what is encouraging. Yeah, um, the focus ones. on the ones that that you can help. You yeah, know, absolutely. don't don't let the the bad apples. Yep. You know, spoil the bunch, or yep. to use yep. the expression. And just and you know, just and it, but it's not that you give up on them either, though, right? I right. Mean, you, know, you 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 try to help them. You try to be there. Um, try to try to encourage them and get them to you know maybe have a little bit of an attitude change uh, in terms of worship. So absolutely. Um, Exodus chapter twelve. We've already briefly mentioned it, but you know the Passover chapter, sure. such a good chapter. Right. Again, there's principles all over it. You know, God had very very precise instructions for the Passover lamb, Mm -hmm. which was an Old Testament thing, but it's looking forward to Jesus Christ, the capital L lamb of God that, you know, is our Passover. And so, uh, you know, verse five of, of Exodus chapter 12 says, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Verse six, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Verse 7, they'll take some of the blood and put it over the the doorpost, etc. Verse 11, it is the Lord's Passover. It belongs to him. He's the one that came up with it. So he gives the instructions. It it was their duty to follow it. Uh, Verse 13, now the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. Then I strike the land of Egypt. What if the Israelites didn't follow those precise instructions? Or even just one of them. Yeah, yeah. They did everything else, but they put it on the doorknob instead of the doorpost. Yeah. You know I, I, I guarantee you they would have paid the price just like the yep, Egyptians did. exactly right. And because, I, I wonder, does it tell us that, like, I mean, I'm assuming they all did it. I think they all did, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd hate to be the one, though. Yeah, but it, I think it just shows you, though, that, you know, there's, like you said, there are precise instructions on what to do and how to do it. Um, and if you and I truly want to be pleasing to God, you say, I'm living my life for God, I want to be pleasing to Him, then you're going <laughs> to, that, that's going to play out in every situation and every scenario, and that even includes your worship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so uh, again, Old Testament principles. Right. Part- particulars from Old Testament to New have uh, changed quite a bit. Sure. But there's a lot of principles that we can still learn from. Yep. Um, you could go to the New Testament and find a lot of principles too. Ananias and Sapphira, you know, Acts chapter five, I believe it is. They uh, they lied to the Holy Spirit in their giving. Well, the the land was theirs to do with as they pleased. They could have given half of it and said it was half of it, and they would have been fine. But when they kept back a portion of the land, but then they acted like they gave all the price of the land. That's where they messed up. Right. They lied to the Holy Spirit. And, uh, again, that was a heart problem. And so there's principles there and in many other places, you know, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say, Jesus says at one point. Uh, it's not just about acknowledging him or praising him, you know, singing a song about Lord, Lord, you know. It's not just about that, but it's right. about doing it for the right reason, doing the things that he said. Sure. Those are, you know, incredibly important principles behind our worship. Right. As well, well, uh, as we kind of wrap up the podcast, what about five acts of worship? You know, five things that that we're commanded to do in New Testament worship. Yeah, so obviously you have you know singing Ephesians five nineteen, Colossians three sixteen. Um, you have praying um, Acts Acts two forty two, First um, Peter five seven, 
First John five fourteen other places to talk about it. Um, you talk about the Lord's Supper, Matthew twenty six twenty six through twenty nine, um, giving First Corinthians sixteen, uh, one and two, um, preaching, Second uh, Timothy four two other places to talk about that. Um, you know, there's again there's specific instructions on how to do these things, um, and to make sure that we do all of them, um, and having the right attitude in doing all of those things. Um, and when you do that, your worship is is pleasing to God. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, in spirit and in truth. Right. And so, uh, again, uh, when we gather together for uh, worship on Sunday, there should be prayer. Yep. There should be singing. And I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding, yep, Paul absolutely. writes in uh, Corinthians. So It's more than just you know, not saying just, some words. Yeah, it's not just right. uttering the words. We're yeah. teaching and admonishing yep, one another as, as we sing. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the Lord's Supper, you talk about an important moment in the worship yeah. as we reflect on what Jesus did and for make, us. You need to make sure that it's not something that you just, and I think that, um, you know, during COVID, everybody went to the single service, Lord's Supper Cups, and I think a lot of that, you kind of just quickly rushed through, you know, yeah. not to mention it was like eating styrofoam <laughs> and drinking purple oil. I um, know, man. <laughs> but um, I think that COVID kind of got us into a bad habit of rushing through the Lord's Supper. Yeah, um, I don't and, like that. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's one of those things, it, it demands uh, it deserves uh, the time, the attention, the reverence, um, and yep. making sure that you are reflecting, that you are understanding what it is that you're doing. Uh, it's a moment of teaching, too. You know, you, you teach, uh, you know, children in the audience, you know, and they begin to learn about that from, from the time that they see it happening. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I think that's just so important. Self-reflection, examination of yep. ourselves as well. Yep. And, and just and it remembers of what, I mean, what, what we're doing, right? If, oh yeah. if Christ had not gone to the cross, there would be no point to our worship today. There would yeah. be no reason for us to live the Christian life. Yep. But he did. He sacrificed himself, so we remember his body and his blood. Yeah, one of the song, or well, it is a song, but one of the verses that I like to um, think about sometimes when I'm doing the Lord's Supper is Galatians two, verse twenty. Mm-hmm. I am crucified with Christ. Yeah. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. And I was, yes, I was singing yep. that in my, in my <laughs> mind. <laughs> I, but, one of the things I do, and I don't know if you want to speak to this or not. But one of the things that I do is I read um, Isaiah fifty three a lot. Um, during the Lord's yeah, Supper just to good. try to help my, keep my mind focused because it is easy. You know, they've got a lot of things going on uh, in the church building, in the assembly. A lot of stuff happens. Sometimes it's, it's not as quiet as, as you wish it would be. And you can get distracted a lot. So I, it's uh, to me, just it just helps other than just sitting there to be reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times I'll read Isaiah 53, and that'll take my mind back to the cross. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's the preview of the cross in yeah. the, the prophecy of right. it. And I love Isaiah 53. It's so good. Um, giving. Uh, we could do many, many episodes <laughs> on giving. A whole season on it. We are a whole to, season on worship. We are to, yeah, oh yeah. We are to give cheerfully as we have been prospered. Um, not getting into it too much, but but Christians, we need to uh, examine our giving sometimes. Um, we we need to truly ask ourselves, what are we sacrificing? You know, right. am I sacrificing? A cheeseburger a week <laughs> in my giving—that's not much, you know. Should be a whole lot more than that. Yeah, so we need to look at how much we're sacrificing. Are we giving cheerfully? Are we giving as we have prospered? Uh, are we planning our giving? You know, is it a budget item? Yeah, we need to remember that too. Yep. Uh, again, I could speak to that for a long time, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For and, the, and I hate it when people, you know, because we're both ministers. You know, that's 
I mean, that's how you get paid, right, from from the giving. And so it's hard to talk about it, I think, and sometimes. Yeah, because you're preaching like, oh, for you a just, raise. You, yeah, you just right. want more money. Blah, blah, blah. That's not that's that's not at all what it is because right. because you and I give, too. It's not like that we just take out of it. Um, that, that's that's where our offering goes. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a print, talking about principles. Yeah. The, the Levites, they had to give back some right. of what they, you know, the Levites got their, their livelihood based yeah. off everyone else's giving, but right. they, they turned around and gave some of theirs sure. back too. Exactly. So exactly. that's a principle. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's such an important topic. Uh, preachers, if there's any preachers listening, we need to preach on it. Yeah. Uh, that's one that is always uncomfortable for me to preach on too. Cause like, like, uh, I said, every time I preach on it, somebody comes up to me afterwards preaching for a raise, huh? Yeah. You know, like, no, <laughs> I think, and I think a big part of that is, and there's a sermon um, by VP black on, on giving. Um, and I, I need to go back and listen to it. Um, it's a good one to listen to before you preach, but a lot of it, he talks a lot about your attitude, um, in giving, making sure you have the right attitude. And when you have the right attitude, your giving is just a byproduct of that. Oh yeah. So. And you know, sometimes people don't give or, or they don't give much. And, um, there's also a lack of trust factor there right. because God has promised that he'll take care of us. We're not talking about, you know, prosperity gospel stuff, but he has promised that he will bless us, you know, if we if we put that um, priority in our lives to, to give um, back to him. Yeah. And then the last one we want to talk about is preaching. So uh, just get two preachers talking about preaching, and you'll you'll be here for a while. We'll be here for another 46 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to split this episode up. Don't worry. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, um, uh, preach the word, brother. Yep. Second Timothy four two motto of Memphis School of Preaching, yep. and um, or I'm sorry, I dropped my G. Memphis School of Preaching. Yeah, you have to. I have to go to the G locker. <laughs> I forgot about all that, brother. Uh, brother brother Cage don't too. don't quote him from your notes now. <laughs> I was shaking my head. Um, I quoted him the other day. <laughs> oh, that's a no no. Uh, oh man. I think there's a, but there's a lot more to it. I know, you, and this is kind of what you're leading to. There's a lot more to preaching also than just getting up and spouting out some words. I mean, yeah. it, there's, you know, the, preparation. We, yeah, and you know, we're restri- we're, we're going to receive a stricter judgment because James three verse one. Yep, because we're we're taking on that role, and so we have to take it extremely importantly. Um, I don't even know if I said that right. It's we need to be. Yeah, I know what you mean. Extremely important. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Um, we got to take it seriously. Yeah, take yeah. it seriously. There's, reverence needs to be involved the way you handle the scriptures. You need to be making sure that you are not taking things out of context. You need to be balanced. You're making application of it. Yeah, you're being balanced. You know, we've got to preach all of it. Right. You know, the Acts chapter council. 20. Yeah. yeah, verse 28, you're preaching the whole counsel of God. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's just there's a lot a lot involved in worship that I, that I think people don't realize. Um, and it should take it should take everything that you have. To, to worship God the right way. It's, it's so much more than just coming in, sitting down, you know, doing doing it all mindlessly. And I think sometimes yeah. we fall into the into the doing it just nonchalantly, mechanically, mm-hmm. um, methodically. Um, yep. and, and I think all, all of us have done that at points. Um, oh, yeah. In, We're in guilty of it. Yep. Um, but just making, just doing your best to not do that. Right. Um, and I get, it can be difficult, you know, mother, you know, you, you have kids, I've got, I've got a kid, um, it, that can be really difficult, especially on the moms, yeah. um, you know, to worship. But I, and I just think, you know, but that that's not any reason to give up and just say, I'll just check it off or, or whatever, or, you know, and just move on to something else. You know? Yeah. Um, again, those of us who are preachers, uh, you know, we're up in the pulpit and 
that's uh that puts us in a disadvantage when it comes to the parenting thing during right. worship because our wives are on their own. Yeah. And that that's a task right there. So I appreciate my wife so much. I know for you sure. do yours as well. Absolutely. Um she if she had a dollar for every time she made a trip to the nursery, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, be rich. Um <laughs> but you know, uh just talking to just church members in general if you see a preacher's wife who's struggling with those kids, yeah. uh, try to help her out, you know, when sure. you can. And, you know, I've, I'm blessed. Uh, there's a lot of people who are like extra grandparents and parents for our kids. Right. And I, I love that part of it. Um, it's, it's truly a blessing being a preacher and there's a lot of good that, uh, that we get out of it and yep. we get to be in the word all the time. And yep. we're always there when the doors are open and, I get to take part in worship and just so much. But um, but anyways, that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> I hope that you, the listener, have enjoyed the, this um, two episodes, I guess. Talking, talk. It? Yeah, I'm, I'm splitting okay. it. So uh, these two episodes dealing with the topic of worship. We could have covered a lot more, but hopefully this will get you started if you want to study further. Don't forget, email us if you need to. If you want to ask any questions, we'd be glad to... Um, answer those questions just make sure that you um, put uh, michael clark in the subject line and uh, he'll handle that and uh, <laughs> uh, by the way thanks michael for the good competition but uh, i'm glad that i beat you in the fantasy football this this year so yeah i had to go i had to go there sorry <laughs> That's a load, uh, man. i know man but I love uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Anyways, thank you, the listener, for uh, tuning in, Everyday Christians. And thank you, Caleb, for um, all your input on these episodes. I really enjoyed it. And uh, it's good to see you. Yep, and I'm well. about to get ready to head north, back across the river into the, the vast, the the vast exp- expanse of Oklahoma. Everybody here in Texas talks about... I- the cross timbers forest well, that, that you you're in like foreign land oh yeah in oklahoma and they, i told somebody the other day that you were in oklahoma and he's like on purpose hey hey, <laughs> hey we, we love it there yeah it's great love all our, our members that are listening to this and yep. keep keep doing what you're doing and um we've been here for about two and a half years now and doing, just love it been that long. yeah we we love it it's, it's been great so again thanks again um, everyday Christians for listening to this and tune in next week and we'll have some more uh, topics to deal with on the on the topic of uh, doctrine.